Welcome to the How to Feel Good Show. I'm your host, Jen Garrett, and each week we dive deep into what makes our human existence on this spinning space rock more vibrant and enjoyable. From brain science to movement to nutrition and more, we get right to the bottom of how to drive these meat robots we call bodies and enjoy life to its fullest capacity. So if you're tired of feeling bad and ready to feel good, come join me. Hello, you beautiful humans, and thank you once again for tuning in to episode number two, my brand new podcast. So thankful for each and every one of you. I got so much great feedback after the first one. It's super encouraging. And like, I know that uh, we're supposed to be motivated like internally, right? Like I'm supposed to be doing this for the joy of doing it, but definitely there's a huge part of me that thrives on that external validation. So to everybody who reached out to me to say how much they enjoyed the first episode, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, my little heart just like lit up so much with all the great feedback uh, and and made me like so excited to keep going and and, um, continuing to serve you with more information. So one of the the pieces of feedback that I got from a few people was that they really enjoyed like the scientific portion of the podcast. And that's exactly why I'm doing this because – when I first got into this, like when I first started trying to get into the world of self-help, it was so hard for me to open myself up because I had such a skeptical, like results, scientific, black and white type of mentality. Um, I mean, like a lot of that comes from just the way our society is in general. Like we've been really indoctrinated to believe that what you can see and feel and touch and like tangible scientific validated results are all there is. Um, and there definitely is some like massive merit to that. Like I'm not saying science is a bad thing <laughs> at all, but scientism on on the other hand, which is like only believing in that is a problem in my opinion. So what I found to be really beneficial in my development through, or my awakening, I guess, is like kind of framing things in terms of the science. So like understanding the psychology or the brain science behind what is happening with my behavior, that allowed me to remove myself from the control of my mind right? So instead of just like living in my head all the time, I was able to extricate myself from that and start to see myself as the conscious observer. So I shared with you last, last episode, like the story of um, how I came to, to this idea, right? Where I started viewing myself as the driver of the meat robot. So instead of being the meat robot, I am friggin' stardust. That's just like driving this, <laughs> this meat robot around and I could, I could started to be able to like see myself at like in my chest cavity, like in my, my heart and like look up into my brain. And like, I imagine like a control panel where when I got myself stuck on shitty like rumination cycles or like thinking about things over and over that don't matter or catching myself in loops where like I would have one crappy experience and then I would continue to like go down like a well, like a rabbit hole, right? Like, have you ever had that happen where you see you're triggered by something and then like you find that the rest of your day just ends up sucking? Like it's because we're looking for that, like we're expecting it. And the way that our brain is wired, it just, uh, it like allows it to happen or it helps it be more efficient, right? For animals, but with humans and the way that our neocortex operates, we just get hung up in all these like useless thoughts and looking for threats that don't matter. So Um, I want to kind of build on last week's episode, and that's how this show is going to go, at least for these first few episodes, is just kind of setting the stage and building on the concepts from the last week. So today, we're going to talk about something called confirmation bias, uh, and then also belief systems, because it it, uh, fuels the the confirmation bias. So if you're not familiar with this, what this term means, 
essentially, it's what it sounds like. So confirmation bias. This means that our brains seek to confirm what they already think. It, this is adaptive for animals, right? Like it, we don't want to spend energy trying to process new information and to fit these new pieces of information into our existing schemas. So schema is another psychological term. This is uh, refers to like thought clusters in the brain. So we have schemas for everything, like how to brush your teeth has a schema, like how to make your favorite dish, or like even like certain types of animals. Like a good example I like to use is like you see like a four-legged furry creature in the distance uh, and you think it's a cat and you get closer and it's a skunk, right? Like that because you've got the idea of a schema of what it is, but it's not exactly what it is, right? So whatever you're thinking, your brain looks to confirm that. And um, like I said, for animals, it's not really a problem, but with humans and the amount of sensory information that we're bombarded with and the amount of options that we have, this really causes a lot of issues because we end up having like altered reality, right? And like what you're perceiving is your reality, like the knowledge that you have plus your perception or how you're intaking, how you're like the filters through which you're viewing the world, that's your reality. The truth is when you have your knowledge minus perception, <laughs> which you can't, it's really difficult to do, right? Like we all see life through these lenses and it's, it's meant to make things easier for us. Like it's meant to make it easier for us to process and have less information to, to try and fit into our brain. Cause in the, like, in, if you think about the amount of stuff, like even if you just do like a, uh, a panorama scan of your environment, just look at how much stuff you're consuming, right? Just with like how much stuff is your, are your eyes looking at? When you look at something, your brain is sending a message, like your eyes are absorbing it and it's going to your brain, your brain's figuring out what it is. And then it's like, Send, telling your body what to do. And all of that is happening in like milliseconds, guys. Like it's like very, very fast, right? So that's why these systems exist to save us time so that we're not like burning out and like flipping out and having like nervous breakdowns trying to perceive everything at the rate that it's coming at us. Okay. The brain uh, wires things together like that for efficiency. Uh, and it, that's also like how we have thoughts, like how we end up having those deeply entrenched behaviors like I was talking about last time, right? Like Hebb's law is that neurons that fire together, wire together. So like when you have, you're in a particular environment and you're, you're perceiving the same things or you're seeing the same things day in and day out or you're having the same thoughts over and over and over again, which is normal, like 90% of what we're, the thoughts we're having are the exact same thoughts we had the day before. Um, the neurons are like the little tiny um piece like living pieces in your brain where like the, we send the signals through they get closer together so that the electrical signal that jumps from one synapse to the next uh doesn't have to go as far right so that's Hebb's law neurons that fire together wire together and then schemas those two things work together to create like efficiency in the brain um and confirmation bias just is like another word for that essentially so like when you're looking at the environment what you're perceiving is different than the person beside you just based on your individual experiences. And the, the belief systems are what underlie that. So they've done a lot of studies as well. I remember learning about this in school. Like eyewitness studies are like so screwed up. Like, it's like the differences uh, in between like what person A remembers an event and how person B remembers an event are crazy. Uh, and it's all based on that individual perception. And it gets worse with time, right? Because like, the way that I remember the past and like the remember the way that my sister, for example, would remember the past are completely different 
even though we both lived in the same household, had the same parents, like we were a year and a half apart. So we had like relatively similar experiences as far as like generational type things. But her memories of the past uh, are all framed within the confirmation bias that her brain encoded them under. Right. And, and mine is the same. Right. And the, the things that underlie that, I mean, like go, there's a lot of things that, that influence that, um, which we'll get into, but for right now, we'll just talk about belief systems essentially. Um, <laughs> cause I want these to be kind of short episodes. <laughs> so, okay. So fueling your, your, um, confirmation bias is your beliefs, right? Like whatever you believe to be true is true. Your brain, I'm going to say that again. Whatever you believe to be true is, is true to you. Maybe I should add on, right? It's your subjective experience. That's your reality. Um, the objective truth, again, to reiterate, would be minus your perception. But it's unless you're able to pull yourself out, really extricate yourself from the situation and view life through a neutral paradigm, it's really difficult to remove your perception. It, it involves just like really practicing that conscious observation of all the thoughts that you're having and um and looking at everything that you're doing uh without being led by the emotions which we'll get into the emotions um in the next episode um but the other thing too that i i wanted to to get into was like the exact opposite of what i was doing for most of my life (laughs) and how i ended up getting into so many repetitive and like cyclical type of behaviors Because I had a lot of beliefs, like very deeply entrenched beliefs about myself that were really negative. So some of the, my go-to beliefs that I developed, and I don't even know, honestly, like of a lot of them are mine, because the thing that I've learned through this whole process is that a lot of the things that we believe about ourselves and the world are like absorbed either through the environments that we're in, our parents, uh, caregivers, for example, society, And then also they're generational, right? Like there are things that are imprinted into us from generations in the past. And this is something that happens in animals with uh, the environment, right? Like um, they've done animal studies where like certain animals will adopt a particular behavior because it's adaptive to them. And then the next batch of animals that are born like just innately know how to do that because it saves them time and energy instead of having to learn the skill, like lots of like lab rat type of experience is sorry, experiments that they've done like that, um, where the next, like that, that particular rat hasn't been trained on how to get through a particular maze, but because the consequences were so severe or they were so beneficial in the previous generations, they're like born with that innate belief or like ability to do something. So, um, so, I want you to understand that too. It's important for you to think about the fact that like, it's not your fault that you believe these things about you. You're not like a shitty person for having these beliefs. There's nothing wrong with you for having negative beliefs about yourself. It's just the way it is. Like we're just like, we're just creatures of our environment. Remember to release yourself from responsibility for that stuff because that kind of leads to it, right? So like when you assume personal responsibility for all the shitty choices that you've made in your life, you start to absorb those into your identity and you feel like that's just the person that you are and that there's no way that you can change because that's just who you are, right? A good example of this is like people who consistently or chronically try to lose weight. Like I was part of that demographic for my entire life until relatively recently, Um, because I had tried and failed so many times, right? Like I tried crazy diets. I tried restrictive, 
um, caloric things. I tried starving myself. I tried um, over-exercising. I've tried all sorts of things, right? And like, because the goal was always rooted in negative affect and it felt bad, I ended up quitting. But then I just thought it was because I was somebody who, who couldn't do it, right? I thought that the quitting be- then became a habit because it released that negative affect and felt good. But in reality, what it was doing was just like reinforcing that belief about myself that I was somebody that wasn't capable of doing that, right? So then here comes confirmation bias because it's fueled by my beliefs. And when I would take on a new strategy, so I decided I want to lose weight again, underneath all of that, there's this belief that I'm just somebody who can't do it. So when I have that belief, even if I'm not like consciously aware of that, having that belief underlying existing within my being is feeding my brain to confirm that with evidence in the environment. So before too long, I would start something and then I would seek to confirm uh, (laughs) that I was going to quit, right? So I'd quit. The other way that that expressed itself in my life was through my alcohol, uh, drug addictions, and then also like the series of um, totally destructive, like, I don't even call them relationships, like (laughs) situationships with uh, narcissistic, sociopathic, manipulative, uh, drug addicted, uh, bottom line, like emotionally unavailable men, right? Because due to the experiences that I had in my, my childhood where like my dad wasn't around like my mom and dad got uh, they split up when I was five and he was like weekend dad and then uh, I was never really like emotionally connected to him um, in a meaningful way and uh, and then my stepfather didn't want much to do with my sister and I right he was like uh, emotionally abusive and unstable in his own right and so I didn't have a like a positive male role model around so like the belief that I had about myself when I was younger was that I wasn't worthy of male attention and that I wasn't worthy of love Right. And, uh, uh, whenever you're getting into these things, you have to be careful that you're not like externalizing too much your experience. Cause like, it's not like it's anybody's fault. Right. So it's not my dad's fault that he made those choices. Those are just the choices that he was making. He was just like in his own existence and doing what he felt was right for him. Same with my stepdad. Like, um, even though it created like pretty detrimental behaviors within myself. It's just like a chain reaction. Remember what I was saying about looking at everything from a neutral paradigm, right? It's not bad. It's not good. It's just what happened. It's just is. Okay. Cause when we get caught up in blaming or trying to associate, like you're attaching like a value judgment to things that are happening, you're bringing emotions into it and then you're going to get swept up by those emotions. And it's going to be a giant clusterfuck of butt hurtness, right? Like you're not going to like, you're not going to fix anything from being in that state. So you have to pull yourself out, like extrapolate your soul from the situation and just look at things like look back at your past as you're like, uh, like you're like a clinician, like observing it like, Ooh, okay. I see where this pattern started. This is where that belief was started. And like, but don't there's, if you catch yourself getting upset about it, just like take some deep breaths, do the breath exercise I gave you last week. And remind yourself that everything that happens is the best thing that happens to you because life is school. It's literally all here for us to learn from, okay? And the sooner that you can do that, the easier life gets. Because let me tell you, like, bad shit's not going to stop happening, guys. Like, it's literally going to keep happening. It'll be like, good shit happens, bad shit happens. Doesn't fucking matter, (laughs) okay? It's going to keep happening. So you might as well just remove yourself from that emotional response to it and start seeing it like a neutral event. So... Anyways, I just wanted to interject that in there as well, because there's been a history of like when I start expressing myself in this way, people feel like I'm throwing them under the bus and I don't want that to happen either. Like it's not anybody's fault. Okay. Just to make it clear, it's nobody's fault that I am the way that I am. It just is. 
Okay. So I'm just looking at this from like a clinical type of, of viewpoint. So understanding that when I was a child, I developed these belief systems, right? That I was not valuable, that I was not worthy of love, that I was unattractive because I was overweight, that I would never be attractive because I was overweight, um, that I was too smart and that's not good to be smart. It's not good to stand out. It's not good to be different. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a good, <laughs> good base. Those are some of the real core ones, right? Like basically it's not, uh, like it's, and to kind of, uh, add to that, like, it's not, it's not okay for me to be myself because who I am is not accepted by others, right? And let other people's opinions matter more than mine. So it had all these beliefs and like when it's not like I was thinking about these things, like these are things that came to the surface once I did a bunch of shadow work and like looking at my belief systems and connections and, and digging into it. Um, it wasn't like I was just, con I wasn't consciously thinking about these things and making decisions based on that. Because remember that 90% of your behavior is coming from the unconscious part of your brain. Your reptilian brain doesn't have words. It's just doing, there's no words. It's just like urges and, and reactions to things. So I'm like living my life consistently looking to confirm all these shitty beliefs about myself. And so what that led to was me consistently identifying myself as being a train wreck, right? Because I thought I was a train wreck. I kept being a train wreck, right? I kept abusing drugs. I kept abusing alcohol. I would cycle through these different phases. I would, I would like go through, um, white knuckling periods of like trying to abstain because I felt like such a piece of shit, but because I had that belief system underneath that I was going to fail, eventually I failed, right? I kept repeating the same things over and over again, different guy, different situation, different job, different, um, substance that I was abusing, different way of abusing my body. Right. Like, but it was the same core beliefs that were fueling that. Okay. Um, now the good thing is though, that it's not permanent, right? Like it sounds, it's, <laughs> it's definitely like a really difficult situation to get yourself out of. Like, um, if, if you're not prepared for it. But once you can start to see everything through that neutral paradigm and really remove yourself from the personal responsibility, then you can stop identifying it with part of who you are and start to see it as just like something that's happening. Okay, so uh, neuroplasticity is our friend in this sense that we can rewire our brains with just with consistent effort. Okay, like you can, you, you can, like, and actually there's a lot of new science. Like when I was in school, um, they taught us that it was like, as you got older, your brain died off. Right. And it got a lot more difficult to, um, change your behavior and like rewire your brain. But there's a whole lot of new science that's coming out. That's showing the opposite of this. Again, I'm going to recommend the work of Joe Dispenza. Like Dr. Joe Dispenza is, oh gosh, he just presents, he's kind of <laughs> like kind of a weird personality. So like, I can't, his guided meditations, I can't do like, it's just weird for me, but like his, oh God, his material is just so great because it's just all of this awesome information about how you can rewire your brain, like putting yourself into a meditative state and cultivating those um, joyful emotions and positive emotions, like tricks your body and your brain into thinking it's really happening, right? Your brain um, has been shown that it, it can't tell the difference between a dream, a memory and reality, right? If it's, if it's in that environment enough, it's in that environment. So in, in these cases, like you can do uh, affirmations and you can do like meditations where you introduce new beliefs 
and you repeat that over and over, right? And actually, we're in the next episode, I'm going to talk about emotions. Um, the emotions, adding the emotions into it really kicks it up a level. But for right now, we're just going to talk about um, just the affirmations, just the repetition, right? The, the more that you think a thought, the easier it is to have that thought, right? So when you're looking to change your beliefs, first, you have to identify the beliefs, okay? So the action items that I'm going to give you for today involve an exercise looking at your different caretakers. So I want you to get like a pen and a paper, sit down like where you have space to do this and make a list of all the people that were involved in your life. Who was an influence for you? Now it doesn't like get, think outside of the box with this stuff too, right? Like, so for me, like I was, uh, what you would call a latchkey kid, right? Like my mom worked a lot and uh, I spent a lot of time with babysitters or then by myself when I was older. So, um, it was like my mom, stepdad to a certain degree, my dad to a certain degree, my grandparents were like, my maternal grandparents were fairly involved. Um, and then it was like babysitters and nineties TV. And like, I, I don't know if you guys, have you guys gone back and watched some of this stuff from the nineties? Like, holy, it is no wonder I was so fucked. <laughs> Like the misogyny, the violence, like the body shaming. I, I went back to watch um, Sailor Moon with Haley a while ago and uh, I put on a few episodes and like within a couple episodes, I had to turn it off because like one episode in particular, I know I remember this being a theme once it was brought up to my memory, but like Serena is freaking out because her brother like put the scale, like moved, tricked her and like made the scale like 10 pounds heavier. So she steps on the scale and thinks she's 10 pounds heavier and she's like freaking out because she's so fat. And like this girl is like, like Sailor Moon, right? Like tall, skinny anime, like, and she's freaking out, right? So anyways, these are the messages that I was fed as a child, right? And like same with Disney, like Disney shits. Oh, like if you're, if you're not like beautiful and pretty, like you're basically um, unvaluable, right? You're not valuable unless you're, you're pretty uh, and thin. So these are some of the messages that I was fed, right? And that's kind of what you do when you, when you do this exercise. So you look at each of these individual influences in your life, and think about uh, what are their beliefs, okay? How do they view the world? So there's an exercise in empathy as well. So utilizing that prefrontal cortex, that really fancy human part of your brain, those executive functions like empathy, okay? So you're going to put yourself in the shoes of those caretakers and think about how they view the world. Are they happy? <laughs> like, are they somebody that you would listen to now, right? Think about how they view the world and then think about some of their core beliefs, Okay, and then you look at the, each of those and then examine like of those beliefs, what of those did you uh, adopt? Like what did you absorb as your own? Okay, and then what did you actively try not to absorb? Right, so then it'll give you an idea of like where some of these beliefs will come from. And then you can create a, a list of some of your own beliefs. Right, and, and you're, you're likely to meet some resistance. If, you've, if you're somebody who's not attempted to do anything like this before, these sorts of exercises are pretty highly guarded by the brain because they are requiring you to dig deep and spend more energy than the brain wants to. The brain does not want to go through these exercises. It does not want to dig this stuff up, causes discomfort, causes pain, causes uncomfortable feelings, right? And remember, we're wired to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and not spend extra energy. So we're going 100% against that, okay? So one, just understand if you meet resistance, it's fine. Um, if it's easier for you, like try doing some exercise or some breath work beforehand, because then it'll help to pull you out of stress response and bring you into a space where you're able to pull information out of your brain, um, with more ease. So, 
Um, so yeah, then like try to create a list of your own beliefs and then go through them and be like, is this a belief that I need to have? Like, is this, is this helpful? Is it like nice? Do I need to have this? And most of the time, like, like most of the beliefs that I had, honestly, were so negative. It's, it's so interesting for me going back and looking at like my, my past, because I just don't want to think of like that at all. I don't want to think of any of the thoughts that I had. I'm totally interested in just like a new way of being a totally new paradigm through which to view the world. Right. So, um, so then what you do is you take that list of beliefs and like anything that you cross out, you just don't need to have, um, which for me was like the whole list. And then you actively work on cultivating new beliefs. Okay. So that you like take those, those lists. So like when I, I think about my list, it's like, I'm unworthy. I would then, actively write, I am worthy. I'm on. And then like looking back at the list, I'm like, I'm unlovable. I am loved. And I'm so loved. I am love. Love is everything. And then uh, like, just go down the list and do that. Right. Take the, the negative shitty beliefs that you have about yourself and actively cultivate the opposite of that. And then you make those into affirmations, which I don't know. Um, how much experience you guys have with affirmations. Like for me, it was really tough <laughs> at the beginning to do affirmations because there was such a big step. Like there was such a huge incongruence between who I felt like I was and who I wanted to be that it was really tough to, um, to say those things at the beginning. But again, remember, like I was saying with the, the pathways, like, it's like you're cutting a new path through the woods. Like the, those shitty beliefs lead the path to the fucking dump. Like you don't want to go to the dump. You need to cut a new path through the forest, but there's like sticks and bugs and poison ivy. And you're like, "Eh," your brain's like, stop. Right. So it's going to feel like disconnected. It's going to feel hard to do. Um, but just keep doing it right. Repetition. Remember, think about how many times you've had those unconscious thoughts about yourself. Think about how many times your brain has confirmed that with evidence from the environment, right? Like a belief starts as that opinion and then we reinforce it over and over and over again. So in order to do the opposite. You have to have that belief and then reinforce it over and over and over and over. So like write it out, say it to yourself, make a song about it, repeat it in the mirror, do some tapping on it. Um, which I'll talk about in another episode too. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. The key, the key with that is just belief, right? So like take those shitty beliefs, turn them around into positive ones, and then set to work, carving new pathways in the brain. Neuroplasticity is a real thing. Your brain really can change, I promise you. And it's so beautiful. Like, I want to cry, honestly, thinking about it. Like, it's, I honestly feel like um, a different person now. And, like, people who are close to me can see it and feel it. Because now, I, after the last few, three or four years of doing this, I really believe that stuff, guys. Like, I really believe I'm worthy of love. I really believe I'm valuable. I really believe that who I am inside is worthy of success and and attention and love. And like, there's nothing wrong with being who I am because who I am is special and it's supposed to be here. Right. And like, (laughs) I don't need to hide it. Right. And once you're sitting in that kind of space, oh, oh my gosh, that's where the magic happens. Okay. So my beautiful humans, I want you to just remember, like, be kind to yourself, be loving, release yourself from personal responsibility. Remember your brain is just doing what it's meant to do. It's just doing damage control. It's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to keep you from bumping into things and like dropping yourself off a cliff or aggravating a bear. Right. But in this human world, like we're meant for more than that. We, it's past the time of survival. It's time to ascend. Okay. So turn those beliefs around, repeat them and uh, let me know how it goes until next time. 
Hey folks, did I mention how stoked I am that you're listening to this podcast? Thank you so much. As a token of my gratitude for being an early supporter of my new venture, I'd love to offer you a discount on all of my new offerings. Head on over to the link in the description of this episode and use the code FEELGOODNOW to get 10% off. So excited to keep serving you all. Until next time, feel good and have fun.